coffee into one part of the board that ruined it. Uh, yeah. How about that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Listen, that I, I, portion of the board. I don't know that it's. I don't know that it's. Um, you know, good to make people feel terrible. There's <laughs> 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 only one I don't person. Know. No, I know. Feel- I know what I was thinking. I, not, I don't. Do we? Is it instructive to? <laughs> Is that what you? Well, what's your point that you're trying to make? There's background. There's background. So yes. we had to replace the console, and over the weekend, Howard and I got together, and yes, we we, uh, we installed the new console in our world, in our environment, and it's is seeming to work out pretty good so far, which is we're happy with. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. I just hit record too, so I know that work that part's working. That's good. Yeah. All right. Anyway, welcome everybody. It's Monday. And uh, Freddie and I had a little meeting before you joined us, Dan, about the structure of today's show. Yeah. And, you know, we don't really do that too much, do we, Fred? We don't really. No, we don't structure too much. No. <clears throat> I mean, in terms of like, okay, then we're going to talk about this. We r- rarely ever do that. Right. I know that. We, we know that we're going to start with the intro at some point and then yes. we end with the extra. That's kind of our plan. Yeah, you know, and somebody says something, and then off we go, (laughs) is the way it works, usually. In our little pre-show brief meeting, I said, so when are we going to talk about the bills? I mean, because Dan has zero interest in it, and he'll just sit here for half an hour making ridiculous statements about why people watch sports. So, um, like, I don't know, like, I, and, and so all we thought was, I said, well, okay, maybe we'll do, we'll talk about some other stuff. And then when Dan goes, we'll do the bills. And then I thought, yeah. but, but on the other hand, I think a lot of people who listen to us know that we're interested in it. So we should kind of start with the hits, right? Which is what happened last night was, uh, you know, anyway, that's what we were thinking about. Well, as far as Dan goes, this reminds me of a conversation I had back when I was a program director in Peterborough. Were you? Yeah, there was a morning man who took pride in hating sports, and I just thought that was odd. Um, So it got to, I think it was the first Super Bowl that I was the program director in Peterborough. And um, I said to him, so what do you plan Monday morning after the Super Bowl? He goes, nothing. I'm not watching that shit or something. And it was just a weird attitude. And I said, well, listen, I can't make you like the sport, but what I could ask you to do is watch the game. And even if you want to mock it, just watch the game with a pen and paper and make some notes about the game. Mm -hmm. Even if it is this sport is stupid and why did they do this and why did they do that? Yeah, all the reasons that you don't like it would be compelling as well. Exactly. And I said, because you will be speaking to some of your audience. So just do me a favor and watch it acknowledge it um so how how is that to do with dan duran we i should have had or we should have had the same conversation with him just watch the game dan because we would like your perspective on it Uh, as someone who doesn't give a flying shit (laughs) well you know but getting back to the program director how was so how did he do it uh yeah half-assed okay I, i got the impression he was just he was doing it for me and not the listeners and there was a well, bit of that. Uh, yeah, okay, but, but, but the, mm-hmm. at least doing it, doing it for your yes. boss is not ignoring it. You know, when those things happen, and I'm in it, you know, I've, you know, when it comes to the Super Bowl or the World Series or, you know, some kind of big game, I like to watch it for a couple of reasons. One of which is I'm always fascinated knowing that a huge amount of other people are doing the same thing I am. Right. 
whether it's the Olympics or, again, the Super Bowl, I'm not always interested in it, but I'm interested in enough to be part of it just to just for the global kind of community feel. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense, guys, and I totally agree with you. And if this was terrestrial radio, I would have watched that game, and I would have. Uh, well, I tend to watch the Super Bowl, but What's the ter- uh, what? What's terrestrial radio got to do with it? Well, oh, you mean if this was a legitimate operation versus just <laughs> yeah, fly by night no, outfit? This is a different environment. I thought both of you guys are, you know, really got this thing covered. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, we do. So there's no. Dan, you, you turned your mic off. Hello. Oh, I, did I turn you off? Go ahead. I heard him. Okay, you heard him. Hold on a second here. Okay, talk. <laughs> Hello. Okay, yeah. For oh. a second there, he cut out. Hello. Uh huh. <laughs> well, we got a newborn, as you said, so there's going to be some growing pains. Right. Uh, my sweet darling doll, um, last week with her mother in law, watched the game. You know, I have a thing down here. I put a fire on. I got my big screen. I sit right in front of it. I concentrate on it. I just like that environment. And then yesterday, she watched the whole game by herself upstairs with little Dougie on her lap. Um, Dougie's a dog, by the way, everybody. Yeah. 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 But even she has sort of got caught up in it. I mean, she basically understands football, but all the talk of the Bills by me and Howard and Buddy Doug and... You know, Johnny Slapshot and his dad, she sort of got pulled into it and watched the whole game again yesterday. So if she could do it, I don't know why you couldn't. Yeah, the terrestrial. You know, she didn't say to me, Fred, I'm doing this, you know, um, anything to do with a, you know, a terrestrial radio show or anything. Can you not hear me now? Did you not hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Okay, no, sorry. I thought there was a delay now. Oh. Freddie, can can you hear me in real time or am I being delayed? No, you seem fine. Um, okay, what? I, yeah, what, Doll, Doll watched it. <laughs> I was going to say that whether we're on terrestrial radio or not, uh, mm-hmm. you know that's going to. You know, you know, Dan. Dan knows this well enough. That's now going to be the thing. <laughs> it, is if we were on terrestrial radio, would this thing work? I was worried about you know. Bringing the entire, you know, uh, listenership into something. I, I get it. Okay. I totally understand. I know guys, what you mean. Guys, we're getting, uh, I'm getting some weird messages here now. I don't know why. And yeah. um, you keep cutting out. Uh, the, I keep getting a message that your default speaker has changed. Uh, something about the... The Zoom interface keeps cutting out. I don't know why, Dan. No, this didn't happen in our tests, but it's no. definitely happening now. And I'm not touching well, the board. It just keeps doing it spontaneously, where I have to keep going back to original sound and uh, changing the default speaker, which is really weird. Huh. Yeah. I wonder if it... Uh, that may be a Zoom interface thing. So one of two things, either rebooting the the, the whole system or uh, reconnecting with Zoom. One of those two would be. When you say system, next, uh, why, why, why don't we do this? Why don't we just uh, start the Zoom meeting again? Because we're recording. I mean, you know, we haven't, you won't have to lose the whole thing. Um, but I think right. we should uh, start the Zoom meeting again. 
Okay, so we'll uh, we'll uh, leave this uh, for the moment, and then yeah, and then back. when we come back, we'll uh, well for you people on Facebook, you're gonna well, you're not gonna catch this either, but I'll keep recording, and uh, and then we'll start the Zoom meeting again. I don't, I don't know why it's doing this; like it's okay. ridiculous. I've never seen that before. All right, All right okay, see start, you in a minute. Start everybody. Zoom, uh, start from scratch. Again. Start some scratch. Okay, so while they're going away and coming back i'll just uh, keep you company here for a second hmm you know it's just the first day with the new board there we go original sound you're connected to computer audio all right you know one of the things about being on terrestrial radio to dan duran's point is uh if this were terrestrial radio all of this would have been hooked up by professionals. <laughs> you know, that's the difference. The old guys now, eh? Uh, the old guys have to do this themselves. And as good as Dan Duran is, you know, there's always something you miss. No, I guess I have to go uh, back on live on Facebook. I have to do that now again. Okay. All right. Here comes Fred. Do, 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 do. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. What I was just saying to the listenership, Fred, was yes. that uh, the irony of our discussion about terrestrial radio with Dan is that if this were terrestrial radio, this entire thing would have been hooked up by professionals. Mm-hmm. Are we recording now? Yeah, yeah. I never stopped recording. Yeah, man. Because... From my end, to tell you the truth, right? I didn't. It hasn't sounded right to me, to be honest. Not as not as silky as the other one, the other board. And then when we raise our voices, I'm hearing a little distortion. You're hearing to it be because I, I'm, I'm not hearing any. I'm not hearing any. Okay, of that. well, that really is what matters in the end result. But like you sound great right to me. All right. Like your your microphone and my microphone sound fine. It was just Dan kept. It was weird because it was just Dan that was cutting out. Where is he? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But as soon as he gets here, let's start the show and then see what happens. You know, it's right. hey, listen. We're, it's just you and I today. You know, it's just us. We have no guests. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like he can contribute anything. <laughs> I don't know, honestly, and I'm not speaking behind his back because I said it to his face. I don't get the terrestrial radio thing. Yeah, neither do I. Whether you're listening to a podcast or the radio, it's sort of neat to hear a guy's take who isn't normally interested in it or whatever. You know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at? It's like... Yes, gentlemen, I watched that uh, football game, and I still don't understand uh, why uh, you would uh, find this uh, entertaining. Well, yeah. That I, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know what he is was... with that odd-shaped ball? I thought balls were <laughs> round. I know that uh, he was aware of the game, because on our little group chat, I saw him weigh in. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> here's, a, here's a question I would have for Dan. Why, since we stopped, why are, why do we have two, not that it matters, but why do we have, okay, so we have one now live Facebook. Fred says he doesn't like the way it sounds. He says something sounds different. 
He said it sounded okay. a little bit distorted. I, I don't know. To my ear, and, and it'll be interesting listening to the recording back, I think it sounds fine. You guys sound great to me. It was just you kept cutting out, for, um, Dan, from time to time, and then the interface changed. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's weird. It is weird. I don't know why. Well, I, I rebooted my computer and uh, everything on this end, so hopefully <laughs> yeah, but if, 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 if it was me, it'll help. It, well, but your computer wouldn't change the, the, the um, default no, it, speakers on, on Zoom. But let's try and actually do the show. Here comes the music, and here comes Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with an abandoned sports portal, and from Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And it's brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now here are two men who have just recently taken a heart-pumping tour of emotions, anticipation, confidence, disgust, hope, despair, optimism, and resignation. It's Humble and Fred. You know, Dan, there were a lot of sports stories on uh, the uh, landscape, or in the landscape, this weekend. Well, I know the Bills took a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs there. That must have been hard. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm emotionally ready to delve into it. Mm. There's a, a couple other stories, uh, two in particular in golf that we're going to get to. I'm not sure if Fred's aware of uh, any of them. but um. Well, the one where the kid won, yeah. and he can't keep the money, which sucks. Well, that's because he's an Put amateur. Put it in trust. You don't get it. No, you don't get the money. I know. I think you should. He won it. No, but put you, it in. Tr- get him, put it in trust. Yeah, but the way the the way the rules work is you can't be a professional unless you declare before the tournament starts. Oh, you can't right. declare because you won. You can only. But what he does get <clears throat> since you brought it up, or that was one of the stories. There's another girl, golf story that we'll get to too. Mm-hmm. But a, an amateur one on the PGA Tour for the first time. Since uh, 1991, yeah, Phil Mickelson was in '91. Yeah, and time and for, flies, and for only the I think seventh or eighth time since uh, the tour has been a tour, like 60 or 70 years, that an amateur uh, won a professional tournament. And the youngest since like 1910. I love stuff like that. Yeah, you know that's over 100 years ago. That's right. That's more than a century. <laughs> that's when. Uh, <laughs> That's when Dan first started on terrestrial radio. (laughs) So not only was he young, he's a sophomore in college, but what he does get is he gets all the exemptions and status if he wants to. I think he has to declare sometime in this calendar year, if he turns professional, which most people think he will, he gets all the tour benefits that you get from winning a tournament, two-year exemption, elevated advance, and instant membership. So, you know, he's a 20-year-old kid. What's the point of him staying in college for two more years? He's already won the U.S. Amateur. I mean, he's a pedigreed guy. One of the reasons I thought it would be interesting for the listeners, interesting, hang on. Here's a new uh, interesting. I can do this now. 
anyway. Um, why I thought it would be of interest to people who are outside of golf is that it's it's it shows you that how different golf is from other sports. For instance, you can be the best junior hockey player in the world, but there's no equivalent of coming up and playing with the pros and in one game changing your the course of your career. No, you can be sent back to junior, but I think it's got to be done before the season starts, if I'm not mistaken. If it's after the season starts, then you have to go to the minor leagues, like the AHL. Yeah. Don't hold me to that. Um, well, just hear me out here. I, and I understand the whole amateur thing, and I was reading it. And my again, my question would be, and again, this is just an, an idea, that the kid won the tournament. The prize money is what it is. Yes, he can't have it because he's an amateur and it would change his status. But he still, you know, finished first. You'd think they would have some mechanism where that money, again, could be put in trust or held until he turns pro or something. That's all. It just seems fair to me. But, um, you know, he, he seems to be taking it all in stride because he knew the rules going in. It's, it's great. Yeah, I mean that's how the, that's how it's always been done. And you know, if you yeah. declare, you know, anybody can turn pro. You don't have to be yes. a great golfer. You can just say, "I'm going to enter this tournament, and I'm going to enter as a professional." I know some guys in their late 40s and early 50s that were thinking of taking a stab at the Champions Tour, whatever it's called, and played in some professional tournaments as amateurs just to see what how it felt. And and so, you, would you say the same thing if he finished 51st? Oh, I don't know. It wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a story. Exactly. Right? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But the guy won it. I mean, it's rather historic. That's why we're talking about it. If he finished fifty first, it wouldn't be a story. We wouldn't be talking about it. And plenty of yeah. amateurs have played in professional tournaments and finished in you know thirty fourth <laughs> place, and that's why we weren't talking about it. Uh, later after the bills, and, and if we get a chance to talk about this other golf story that I, I think you'll be of it will be of interest to you, and a couple of our listeners have reached out and said, oh, what are you guys going to talk about this? Um, Can I ask a couple of questions about that? One is how much money did he miss out on? $1.5 million. And why is, uh, what's the delineation between amateur and professional? Uh, just just that. that money? Yeah, you win money. Yeah, wow. that's it. You play, the, the the difference is, you know, professionals are playing for money. And he he's still a, he's still at the University of Alabama playing for the Tide. Uh, pretty compelling, too, because his mom and dad were there. His coach from, you know, his university coach flew in to watch him play the last round. The guy he was paired with in the last round is a former Alabama guy. So it was really kind of a neat story. And who gets the million now? Not, well, here's a great question. So what they do is they take the prize money and they just drop it down. So if you finish second, you would, he got, the guy that finished second got the $1.5 million. No, but when people look down on him, oh, you're the guy who got the first place prize money and you didn't finish first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's how they would talk. Oh, do you think you're so good? <laughs> you're uh, showing your face in public. Are you actually going to spend that money? Are you going to give it to a charity? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he doesn't give two and a half to three shits. No. But it was very interesting. Uh, again, uh, interesting. Interesting. Because uh, I have played that golf course uh, when I was in uh, Palm Springs a couple of years ago with XGFR. Uh, I got I, I, it's because it's a public golf course. You can get mm-hmm. on it. 
and it was very close to where we were staying. So I've played all three of those courses that they played the tournament on. And did I, you tear it up? Did oh, you yeah. tear it up? <laughs> I believe me, my I, I was not in any danger of losing my amateur status. <laughs> Um, but there is something I wanted to ask you about, Fred, because there's this this thing in the States in college sports where they've been going back and forth for years, Dan, because these young athletes, basketball, golf, basketball in particular, football as well, where they play in front of huge crowds. That stadium that you go to in Detroit is a amateur football game in front of 100,000 plus people. And for years, there's always been the discussion about, well, should those athletes get paid money? Because they've been getting money under the table. But recently, they started something called the NIL. Uh, name, image, and likeness is what it stands for. So how does that work in college sports now? And then I want to talk about what that might do for this guy. Howard, honestly, um, maybe this is a situation where we should have had a discussion before the show. I honestly don't know. To be honest, I don't know how that works. How dare you? Very little. Yeah, I, you know, I knew something was, you know, in the works and something had been adapted, but I honestly, I didn't have enough interest to really pursue it. So I don't know. There was a big lawsuit about this, right? Yeah, I yeah, think and so. Because of the uh, the idea that people are making crazy amounts of money on the... Uh, on the backs of these kids. The, yeah, and they're not seeing any benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Because it's staggering. You know, they're paying the coaches of those football teams 12 and $13 million a season. Can you believe that? No, I knew that. Yeah, Sabian and those guys. the kids are getting guys. nothing. Yeah. So, well, what they've changed, well, the way I understand it, is because of this NIL name, image, and likeness, that these kids have been able to participate because this came up in the discussion yesterday with this kid, that, yeah, he was going to make $1.5 million, but I'm on... Uh, TaylorMade's mailing list because they sponsor the golf show that I do. And they send it they sent out yesterday saying congratulations to Nick uh, Dunlop blah blah blah. So he's clearly being sponsored by TaylorMade. Right. Yeah, I'm on Taylor Swift's mailing list and last night I got one that said yay Travis. <laughs> Why does that bother you so much? Oh fuck. Just, I'm sorry, it's buggy. But again, I don't want to derail what you're talking about because it's interesting. Oh, okay. But the Taylor Swift thing, I'm tired of it. Yeah, I, 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 and I, and I, you know what? I don't, I, I don't agree with it. I want you to know that. Because you're a nice man. Well, no, I'm not. I'm just, I just don't understand why something as simple and sweet would aggravate all you fucking guys. Once a game's enough, Howard. Once a game. We, okay, she's there. Oh, okay. Super. Yeah, but I, but see, I'll, I'll tell you why I disagree. But let's finish off with this. Yes, that that will be for chapter two of today's show. <laughs> Coming I saw, up, yeah, because I saw mm. your little note. You know, I could. See, it doesn't matter. But we'll get to it when we do. Oh, it matters when we get to our when we when we break down the bills. Fucking aggravating. God, it was aggravating. The word I used. Proceed was though with the with the money well, thing. The money I like, thing. I like it? money talk. Well, so this kid. Clearly getting money from TaylorMade Adidas because he's, you know, it's all so there. And, and because of the NIL rules now, they're allowed to. They're allowed to take money for their name, image and likeness. So even though he didn't make that check, he made a lot of money because he was not only. So how it works, Dan, if you're leading a golf tournament, they're featuring you all weekend long. Right. So he would have had a deal with TaylorMade somehow where 
you know, should the impossible happen and he wins the thing, there would be a thing in the contract they signed with him to give him lots of money because for four days he was the most featured player, especially because of the story of the fact that no one's done this in 33 plus years. So he was out on the golf course winning and wearing tailor-made yeah, absolutely, hat, yeah. shirts, all of it, clubs, yes, whatever, shoes. And this young fella now will be able to bang anyone he wants at the university. They'll be lined up wanting a piece of him. Well, his girlfriend—that's an upside, and you can't tax that, or you can't legislate <laughs> against that. Well, I saw his girlfriend was there. They she flew into. Oh, yeah. So he'll be banging her. This is are enough. they are they evangelicals? You know, don't know, don't have that information. Could be likely. Oh, likely. You know, it's America. And Alabama. Mm-hmm. Bible Belt. Yep. Uh, but he's, he's, honestly, it'll be, a, it'll be I, I think he'll turn pro sooner than later, but, you know, anyway. So that's that story. What was the other golf story? The other golf story. Uh, we, we, we should get to it after. We, I'll just tease it by saying a transgendered human has won a man to woman has won a professional golf tournament. A woman's tournament? A woman's tournament. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. And um and I have uh I don't know it's I have mi- not mixed feelings about it as a sporting because I'm on the same page as you. I don't think it should happen. It's just the 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 problem I have with it is the amount of vitriol or whatever you want to call it that is thrown at this person. And it's it's oh, it's yeah. a fu- it's a funny it's a funny thing because you feel empathy for them and whatever their journey is, but you also think, well, yeah, but you shouldn't be playing in a No. You shouldn't be playing in a female golf tournament. No. And what does that say about the person? Like, what sense of accomplishment would you have? But again, as far as the vitriol, Howard, I, I get it. But I wouldn't want to be Tyler Bass this morning. Oh, no, no, neither would You know I. what I mean? Oh, it's no. like, so, yeah, yeah, that vitriol is, is directed at that person, uh, you know, for sexual orientation or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, it goes on in all aspects of a sport where the ugliness of people come out. Seriously, I bet you that Tyler Bass won't. He won't. He's done as a, as a uh, Buffalo Bill. But, again, we'll talk about that in Chapter yeah, in 2. The, in Chapter yeah. 2 with the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't, even though, you know, again, it's hard not to have empathy for somebody who has taken such a, I want to use the word drastic, major step. Yeah, to I agree. Orient themselves mm-hmm. sexually, and it's not just because I'm a golfer, mm-hmm. but as a person that enjoys sports, I don't think that person should be competing against women. I and, and I think what you said, we've talked about this before, and somebody reminded me you said that uh, you know there should be maybe a competition just for that category. <laughs> Listen, it's the way of the world, and I mean, much to our surprise, I don't know. But, the you know, amongst us are people, many people, that, you know, in previous decades would be afraid to do this, that are coming out, want to change their sex. Obviously, it's enough. They deserve their own category. I totally get it. Um, and the fact that somebody can do that, I think that's wonderful. If you're, you know, a man 
uh, you're a woman living in a man's body and you want to change that, fantastic. But what you can't change is that physically it's not fair for you to compete to a, with a woman. I mean, how many going the other way are joining men's sports? Isn't that enough to tell you? How many women that are, that are tra- transitioning into men are joining men's sports? Answer me that. It's just, it, it, just out, it just highlights the physical discrepancy. It's not fair. And, and in, in those sports like basketball or golf where a, a transition from man to woman... Even though there's hormone therapies and gender reassignment surgery and all that, which is, again, you have to be a pretty brave human being to put yourself through that. And also pretty brave to put yourself in this spotlight. Spotlight. I just don't think you should be there. No. <laughs> you know, and I forget what the, I think it was swimming back when it first started. Right. With that swimmer. You know, interviews with the parents and you talk about uh, vitriol parents speaking out about but but i saw one father in particular saying you know i i spent the past seven years getting up every morning at four thirty five o'clock driving my daughter to these competitions and to her practices and her swim meets so she could have a chance at maybe going to the olympics one day and now all of a sudden she's competing against men and there, there was more than one in this situation apparently and i thought well that's true like it's just not fair all of a sudden because and how is it these transgender athletes immediately go to the head of the class or near the head of the class as far as these competitions go it's like hey man it's 2024 let's create another category i think it's great just do that yeah well, the one the one thing ahead. about that category that you're talking about it would be very a very small world of of athletes, right? It just probably wouldn't be enough there to support. Well, it's it a small, yeah, a small, it's are small, a small world now. But if there were a, if there were a category, you know, just like and again, this isn't the best sign. I just thought of it. This might be stupid, but you know, there were when when the para Olympics were created, there weren't mm-hmm. there weren't that many para athletes. If that's point. if that's the right. Mm-hmm. So in that category has grown over the years to being, you know, a, a huge amount of athletes. So it'll, you know, so let's start another category. And now there won't be that many, but years from now, there'll be plenty. It's just there are certain sports swimming. I forgot the swimming one, swimming, mm-hmm. basketball, whatever. This guy, I'm sorry, this person, this woman uh, had, had a scholarship to play on a men's university team. Yes. Which right away tells you this person was an elite golfer. Right. But you look at swimming. A man, even though has transitioned to a woman, hands are bigger, feet are bigger. Like in a swimming environment, it's just not fair. You know, generally speaking, you know, and... So when they dive in that pool, you know, I don't care how much transitional surgery or hormonal thing or whatever they've gone through. Physically, that body can just move faster in the water than a woman's. Mm -hmm. How is that fair? Anyways, let's close this chapter just by saying this this person, Haley Davidson, is her name. Uh, She's a long way from the LPGA tour. Right. But that day is coming. Oh, sure. That, 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 I don't know if it's going to be this person, 
or somebody else, but they're going to have to have a conversation in the not so distant future about what's what to do about this category of athlete. Because, like I said, if you've if you were good enough to be on a men's university, even if it was a division two school, if you were that good, you know, that's a pretty significant head start in terms of you want to talk about ball speed, strength, all that stuff. Sure. And, you know, that's one thing through a lot of wokeness and extreme liberalism and everything. You get to the point where hey, you buy in and a lot of good has come from it for people that are disadvantaged. But that doesn't mean we got to totally erase logic. Like sometimes there are some issues where it's like, okay, okay, but wait a minute, this is a this is a bit over the line or a little too far. Let's honestly call that out. Let's not be afraid to mention it because there's too many people that are sort of paying for it or I don't want to say cheated, but it's just not fair. Yeah, the the other women in the field of this golf tournament that yeah. this person won you know wouldn't 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 be able to be even though they they were close cuz this person mm-hmm. they didn't run away with the tournament they actually won in a, in a, a playoff so it wasn't like a rout but there's a distinct advantage if you can hit a well, golf ball differently. Why do they have women's tees? <laughs> anyway. I don't know. You well, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Dig outs. Yeah. Dig outs. Mm, well, for guys. Yeah, why do they have women's tees? <laughs> for guys like me. I don't know. Anyway. <clears throat> now we call them the forward tees. Dan, uh, what did you want to say? What did you want to say? Just, well, I, I, this conversation <clears throat> is there's so much involved in it. And one of the, one of the pieces would be that. If you're, if a transition happens before puberty, I mean, I don't know the answer to this, but I would imagine that that someone who who transitions after they become a man into a woman, uh, with the physical physio- physiological differences that you're talking about, is one thing. But if the person transitions earlier in life before that happens, yeah. then what do you do with that situation? Yeah, that that's situation? a good point too. Right. Uh, so and, there's and a maybe, lot, and there's the hormonal thing, the, the discussion of whether or not muscle mass. Uh, 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 see, here we go. Like you know, if you're born with a snarch. And you want to be a man in sports, then you have your own category. Seriously. Because you can play that game all fucking day long. Body mass and what time and this and that. Like, I mean, that's that's part of yeah, the problem. I mean, but I kind of, I, I know, what, I side with Dan on this. Only in that, that, that those are the kind of questions that, you're, that there, you, yes. you would have to ask before you set up your own category of mm-hmm. sports participation. Um, because, to Dan's point, they are going to start... To the chagrin of the right wing, uh, identifying children right. earlier and earlier that feel body dis whatever that is called mm-hmm. not dysmorphia, dysmorphia. but it's, now okay. body dysmorphia is different than uh, transgender. Oh right, okay. Body dysmorphia is you feeling um, that you're t- not or you're too fat or you're not fat enough. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you, you still got that song I say in for Dan Duran? Oh yeah. Here it is. It's a new Dan Duran theme, by the way. <laughs> this, this is this yeah, this Dixieland is. Jazz yeah. uh, play out here. Okay, here it is. You'll see why in a second. <laughs> the Dan Duran theme, everybody. Here's a silly jingle you can sing at night or noon. Here's a word that's all you need because I just sang the tune. Oh, I don't want him. You can have him. He's too fat for me. Too fat. He's too fat for me. Too fat. He's too fat for me. Too fat. I don't want him. You can have him. Please do that for me. Too fat. He's too fat. 
He's too fat. He's too fat for me. That song should be called uh, Too Fat for Dan Around. <laughs> My mother-in-law. <laughs> My mother-in-law was, as I mentioned, was here last week, and we sit in the family room, and I ask Alexa to play music for her, and we get on to some 40s music, and that came on, and it just was like, wow. I I remember that song as a kid, and I thought, that's for Dan, isn't it? My goodness. He was so happy, Dan. He sent it to me. He says, keep this this for Dan. This is be good for Dan. Uh, speaking of 40s music, I was actually playing some 40s music before that. And uh, this is a, a cover of a song called Nobody Cares If I'm Blue. All right, Dan Duran's news coming up about a half an hour from now if you're a podcast listener. If you're watching us on Facebook at around 8.35 or 40. And uh, Fred and I are going to break down the whole Buffalo Bills experience in a second. But first, let's talk about these fine folks. Ah, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. You know, it can be a bit intimidating. You think, wow, a benefits package? I'm a small business. How do I do that? Well, at least take the time to investigate because thousands of small businesses across the country have uh, become part of the uh, Chamber of Commerce Group uh, insurance plan because they can. Uh, Right. All these small businesses get together. They have the profile of a large business and bang, all of a sudden it is affordable. Uh, Dental and prescriptions and uh, uh, certain therapies. They have an HR department, a mental health component. Oh, yeah. And travel insurance. All the things that uh, an employee would really appreciate uh, their company doing for them. Yes, the Chambers of Commerce Group insurance plan, chamberplan.ca. You know, we've been talking about the benefits of boron. I don't want to bore you with them, but uh, I do want to remind you that boron as a uh, metal, as a mineral, isn't easy to get out of the ground, and boron one is on the precipice of doing something very few junior mining companies ever get to. And that's the stage that Boron One is at. Find out more about this company and maybe how it might fit inside your portfolio. Uh, go to boron1.com. That's boron1.com. You know, we have kind of a sports theme through the show today because you and I enjoy uh, all kinds of uh, aspects of sport. I knew you'd uh, have something to say about that transgender story. And, of course, the uh, rookie, uh, I'm sorry, an amateur winning a professional tournament is never not an interesting story. But from, uh, I told you, like earlier last week, somewhere around Monday or Tuesday, I kept mentioning to you about my excitement around the Buffalo Bills football contest. Yeah. And it was, uh, as, I, as I shared with you several times during the game, I thought it was excruciating. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, I don't know, like... You know, what that franchise and city has been through, and uh, just to put another layer on it this morning, is it's really tough. Because, again, you know, it was two years ago, you know, the 13-second game. They had the lead with 13 seconds to go and lost. And then last year, you know, in the divisional playoff against Cincinnati, they didn't even show up. It was just a horrible performance. And then yesterday, just a lot of stuff I don't understand. It's... 
you know, Stefan Diggs hardly used and, you know, that last drive. They had to score a touchdown. I mean, forget it, the Tyler Bass field goal. If they kick that field goal, Kansas City still gets the ball back and just needs to eat the clock and kick one themselves. And the way they were moving the ball, chances are very good they were going to do it. But they had to score a touchdown there, and it was just sort of bewildering all of a sudden way that, the way they handled that drive. It was, I don't know, it's uh, they're just snake bitten or something. And I listened to the post game show last night, and of course Sean McDermott is you know taking flack and you know what's the matter with Stefan Diggs? Was he not into it? And on and on, all the things you would expect after a game. But it's just. It's sad. And for that field goal to happen wide right, given the history of that term in Buffalo, is just it's just too much. Too much. Yeah, it was a lot to take in. Oh, yeah. So Fred and I and a couple of our buddies were on a... And I was surprised. I, at first, I wasn't sure I wanted to participate because I was watching that game sitting upright, if you will, mm-hmm. on the edge yep. of my seat. For most of it, I, I was... And I was, you know, it was, it was fun hearing your thoughts and the other guys too. But, you know, I found it, I found the game, there was no relaxing in it. It never looked, I mean, yeah, there, there, there were moments where you thought, okay, these guys are playing well. Josh Allen is being Josh Allen. Scores two touchdowns on his own. But then on the other side, Patrick Mahomes and the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they don't suck. And the problem oh, is, no. like, the, the lead changed hands, I think, four or five times. Like, back and forth, back and forth. So, from an entertainment standpoint, it was very entertaining. If your team won, this morning we would be all excited, and, and it would have been great, because it would have been, a, it was a great game. The way they lost, though, given, as you say, the history of that term in Buffalo, and that goes back how many years? Well, 91 or 90, 91, like... Their, their very first Super Bowl that they were in. You know, the string of four in a row they lost. Yeah, Scott Norwood, wide right. Now Tyler Bass, wide right. Again, this one isn't the same impact because they could have won that game. You know, and last night, if they're, if that puts them up by four or something and he, and he misses it, it's different. But it was just to tie the game. Or even to put them up by one or whatever. Even that wouldn't have been enough. Mahomes would have brought them back for a field goal. They had to score a touchdown there. They had to. But why? But like, yeah, no, you're you're right. It wasn't mm-hmm. as impactful as Scott Norwood, but it was impactful in the fact that he missed it. You know, oh, and, without a doubt, it's better to be tied than not be tied. Exactly. Absolutely. At least yeah. have a chance to get your defense mm-hmm. back on the field and, and possibly yes. stop them. But you know, without a doubt. And I and I'm not, I'm not just saying this. He makes he's made me nervous for weeks now. He's mm-hmm. a weak kicker. But I, I wanted to point out something. He's a weak point after field goal kicker, or has been lately. But he's an amazing kickoff kicker. Like, do you know, do you see the like the power he like his kickoffs regularly, or his whatever they're called kickoffs regularly um, go into the end zone from wherever they kick off from, and yet get him. I don't know. It's like. It reminds it reminds me a lot of uh, you know golf where you have a make miss situation mm-hmm. and he just looks like he's likely to miss them. But Howard, it was textbook football. You've got less than two minutes, whatever the timing was. Yeah, you have a couple of timeouts or whatever. You go for the victory in that situation. 
You know, you're not going for the field goal. Again, because the field goal gives the other team the ball back. You know, that whole ball control thing, when you're in that situation, you eat up the clock, and then, you know, with under 20 seconds to go or something, you score the touchdown. I mean, it's almost textbook with a couple of timeouts, right? Because you can control the clock. And it was just weird. Those little, you know, those little option passes to the side, those little flares to the side were working all day long. And then all of a sudden, you don't do that. And this whole thing with the Buffalo Bills, too, like handing off first down all the time. Like, why? Like, mix it up a bit, number mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Number three, you talk about being snake bitten. Was it Shakur in the end zone right at the end there? And, he, and it just, um, Josh Allen just happened to get nudged just as he's throwing the ball. The guy's wide open in the end zone. And it just changes the path yeah. of the ball a bit. And it's just like that stuff continuously happens to this franchise. It's just, it was a little nudge. It wasn't even a batted ball. It wasn't a blocked pass. It was just a nudge enough to turn his body a bit to make that that pass wonky. And he's wide open in the end zone. It's uh, There were a couple of decisions, too, that going for it on fourth down on your own 30 was curious. Like, it was a great game, very textbook. And then it got kind of weird, sloppy. A bunch mm-hmm. of stuff happened like that. And I need you to explain this to me because I was. Uh, so they, they go for it on fourth down. They don't make it. And you think, and I, I wrote in the chat, well, that's the end of the game then, because now Mahomes um, is going to get them another touchdown. They'd be up by 10 with four minutes to go. And then something happened where they got a touchback, which I'm not 100 percent sure I understood. Mm-hmm. The guy fumbled through the end zone, which means you it reverts to the other team. If you fumble out of bounds, you keep the ball. But if you fumble through the end zone in a situation like that, it's called a touchback, which the ball is awarded to the other team. Why um, is that? Why? Oh, I don't know. I'd have, that's the rule. I don't, I don't know why, but uh, that's, that's, that's just the rule. <laughs> It just seemed weird to me that, yeah. and I mean, I've heard that phrase before, and I've so that was a perfect example of, so the, the Buffalo Bills had a, a, um, a weird call, and then they go got four of them. That no, and then so then so they yeah. they go forward on fourth down that fucks them, and then this thing happened, and now they get the ball back. Mm-hmm. But going forward on fourth down, you got to say slash reason. They were going to punt the ball there. But then right at the last minute, they noticed that Kansas City only had 10 men in the field. Right. So there was a hole there. So right at the line, they decided, let's go for it because there's a hole in the field here. and We got an extra man. And for some crazy reason, they, I wouldn't have done it even in that situation. Not, no, not on your 30-yard line and with the game, in a three-point game. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it. But it's one of those situations where if it had worked, it would have been celebrated like, oh, what a great, great thing to do. But it was pretty risky. And it failed. Well, it failed. And then, you know, that's the, you know, again, I, I sort of gave up at that point. And then they get mm-hmm. this touchback thing. And mm-hmm. then we get the ball back. And then they have, as Romo said, somewhere around the 50-yard line, in the middle of that drive, Romo mentioned this is the perfect scenario. Buffalo can control the clock. And here we go. And then Josh Allen 
just couldn't con- they, they, they just couldn't connect. That's another mm-hmm. thing, by the way. There were three different times in that game where he threw long passes, bombs that one of those three certainly could have been caught. A couple oh. of them were right on the guy's arms. That's another. Well, Dig, Dig should have had that one pass. It was right. You know what they say about wide receivers, the good ones. They You touch it, you should catch it. So that Stefan Diggs was huge that he missed. I don't think he'll be back either, to be honest. Tyler Bass, when it was over, when he, before the game was over, he once he missed, there were still a couple minutes left or whatever it was in the game. And then Kansas City just ran down the clock. And they cut to Tyler Bass mm-hmm. on the sidelines. And he had his helmet on with his hands, like, sort of covering them, like his hands up here. And uh, I just felt bad for the kid, you know, because that's it. That's his legacy now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And I'm sure it won't be in Buffalo. That would be hard to come back from. Um, it's, it's, just, it's the nature of that position. <clears throat> you know, at times it seems insignificant. Oh, he's only the kicker, but... When the game's on your leg in situations like that, but again, the game necessarily wasn't on his leg in that one, but to tie it, and you're right, it's better to be tied and take your chances than um, <laughs> than not. <laughs> but it was just, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, 27-27, oh, oh, if they could just stop Mahomes here, and then I hear... He misses. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. I know. I was so, I really was surprised because as much as I've said that he makes me nervous or has made me nervous the last three or four games. Yeah. You know, even early in the game, one of, it was either a field goal or a point after that he barely got it in. Like, and then they yeah. said, oh, the wind was taking it that way, left or right. But he has, right. he has almost missed a bunch of times. So I mm-hmm. promise you, I promise you that uh, in that situation, that's in his head. Because oh, he, sure. he, he, it was like uh, when a, a golfer goes to make a putt and mm-hmm. they, when they say didn't even hit the hole, didn't like a professional uh, place kicker or whatever he is to be that wide right. It, it wasn't even close. No, like it was like he it was like he missed it immediately. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there in my, you know, little by myself, you know, with my grapes (laughs) sitting there eating grapes thinking, did this just fucking happen? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. You know, it just keeps uh, taking me back to 2019. And I wish, you know, I appreciated it at the time. The Raptors winning a championship because just how unique and great that was and of course the blue jays 92 93 i get it but you know in recent history with all the failures of the maple leaps and the blue jays and for that to actually fall in place you know as a fan of a team and again we don't live in buffalo but you know they're my favorite nfl team you they're your favorite nfl team you know you live and die with them like you do a home team and and then the debacle, which are the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's just, I just keep going back to 2019. i thinking, oh, man, I wish I'd had just concentrated a little bit more, a little <laughs> bit more to, to get that feeling of a championship. Was this actually worked out? And, you know, basketball isn't obviously my, you know, it might be number three on my list or four. But still, we won a championship, a major league championship. Things fell into place and we won. 
Very unique. Do you think that if you had been paying more attention, they would not have? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I wrote this down, and this is going to seem like the most obvious thing a person could say, but it just sucks when your team is done. Like, it, it oh, yeah. took a lot of... Like, I've really, 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 and I know I've said this, and you've, you've felt it for me, really enjoyed mm-hmm. this this year. Just really, oh, yeah. it had a, it's been really fun, you know, f- watching this team, and, and, and I've enjoyed the games. And listen, I got to be honest, I don't hate Kansas City. Probably my second favorite team. I know okay. the Lions are a great story, oh, and yeah. that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, when your team is done, and I, I sort of thought, well, this is what <laughs> this is this is what it's been like for you for so long, because your team is always done. But in this case, our team was right there, two games away, or one one two yes. wins away. Mm-hmm. They win last night. They win next week. They're in the Super Bowl, and that would be amazing. And now, now I said, that's it. The team's done. But it does sort of wear on you. But at the same time, you become numb to it. Because as I say, you know, the Maple Leafs in this, you know, the the new generation Maple Leafs who have won one playoff series and how this team has disappointed us over the past few years. This year, they might be they might even miss the playoffs. Seriously. Um, And then the I know you're like, fingers crossed. (laughs) And then, you know, even the Blue Jays, like they make the playoffs and then they just crap out like they just don't lose they totally crap out almost to the level of embarrassment you know and i just i think of vladimir guerrero you know that getting picked off second base in the playoffs this year it's just you become so used to those things going wrong in this market and again you pull buffalo into that now with the bills it's just you ex- you're almost expecting it. <laughs> like last year with the Leafs of the playoffs, they beat Tampa Bay. They probably shouldn't even have won that series. And then they get crushed by a team that literally came from nowhere. And it's like, what, what just happened here? Mm-hmm. We're, we're the team with all the players. Like, what's the deal? And then, as I mentioned, the, what the Blue Jays went through and now this, it's, it's, uh, yeah, something. And then you see it. Then there's a team like Kansas city that are, you know, yeah. Similar makeup. Yeah, we're in a similar situation this year, midway through the NFL season. You know, most people mm-hmm. probably know this, but just in case you don't, you know, the uh, the Bills were you know looking like they might not make the playoffs and went on a run. So did Kansas City. The Bills have one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league. So does Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And yet, in the in the last couple of years, Kansas City is the one that's prevailed. Yes. Why couldn't it just be the Bills last night? Well, they're, they're going to their sixth AFC championship game in a row. Yeah. Like, what's that like? Well, the Bills had that in the early 90s. They had four. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. But one thing I will say about the Bills, when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, the whole team can change around you three or four times during your career, and you, you remain a contender. That's how significant that position is. You know, and the Bills need a little retooling here and there. But they have the they have the bones of a really good team. And Josh Allen is an exceptional, exceptional talent. So they will have another shot. Now, it sounds, again, it sounds like I'm talking about the Leafs, doesn't it? But um, 
Yeah, why couldn't hold it be? On, My, hold on to that. And yeah. then you look at the division next year. I mean, there's a really good chance they'll win the division again next year. And Yeah, but next year, and that's why I've said it, I know, sucks, it's always it sucks when your team's done because now <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. I, I thought of that. Okay, well, it'll be fun watching them play again next year. But, but Patrick Mahomes will still be there next year. And, Absolutely. And, you know, they're a, they are a good team. I've, that's the only other team I've watched – with any regularity is Kansas City, mm-hmm. and I will be now cheering for Kansas City next oh, week against me. Baltimore. I don't care. Oh. I like them. Oh, I, I, listen, I really admire them as a team, but I'm, and again, here we go, but the Taylor Swift thing has made me want Baltimore to win. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I'm curious about that, because I've got some thoughts on it, but I want to hear why, why, the, why, the, why that bothers, and by the way, you're not alone. It bothers oh, a no, lot I of know. people I know. It's just over the top, Howard. We get it. But every time there's a play, it's her hugging and kissing. And the thing. They don't do that for anybody else. Like, we get it. She's the, the biggest pop star in the history of the world, and there's this great relationship. And now they're, they're building this um, scenario now. She's going to be in a Tokyo or something um, doing a concert or a series of concerts over the Super Bowl, and she plans on flying home overnight to be at the Super Bowl if Kansas City gets it. Super. Great. Super story. But now we're going to have to look at her every fucking commercial break. I'm t- Personally, yeah, but, but that's I'm... that's not true. It's, all, I, it's I, not every commercial break. There oh, was four, it feels not, like it. It's not, well, I'll tell you, what is every commercial break? Fucking fan duel. That's every commercial break. Oh, I know. By the way. But there's nothing wrong with some um, wagering... Exactly. There's exactly. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, There's nothing wrong, wrong with, that. with gambling. In fact, in fact, we would like to uh, tell you that this discussion is brought by is brought to you by our friends at the B Dog. Feeling stuck on the sidelines. <laughs> when life is too much to tackle, I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. Okay, Hang here on. we go. Yo, can you not do that? Play. Yes, I can. Oh, good. Oh. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Yeah, you can do yours later. I just wanted to get that one because I often forget it. Um, here's what I would say. First of all, uh, it's not every commercial break. It's not every. It's not every break. It's when, you know, when Kelsey scored a couple of times. When I think Pacheco scored or whatever. It's not as first of all, and I don't also think it's that big a deal. But remember, it's she isn't just the biggest pop star in 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 the U.S. She's one of the most famous people on the earth right now. So, the, so but they're making they're doing it for a reason, and not just to aggravate you. They're they're they they brought a bunch of people, millions of people potentially watching this game. That have no that would have had no interest in football, and who does that benefit? Their sponsors. Oh, totally get it. I totally get it. And I don't think it hurts anything. Just and to, if I was in charge, I might her. make that decision. But I personally, I'm tired of it. You know, and the thing is, it it doesn't bother you, but it bothers me. It's like mosquitoes bother you, but they don't bother me. It's like whatever. Whatever bothers you, bothers you. And if that doesn't bother you, great. But as a guy who's been watching football for decades, it's too much. I'm tired of it. I'm like, great, she's there. And he catches a ball, and there she is in the thing, hugging. Great. Once it'd be enough. Maybe twice. Okay. 
you know. I, uh, when Justin I, Bieber's at a Leaf game, they yeah, might show him once. Yeah, okay. But if Justin Bieber's girlfriend scored at Played a Leaf. for the Leafs, probably for- does. <laughs> That's right. If Justin Bieber's boyfriend played for the Leafs and, mm. and scored, believe me, they'd show Justin Bieber. But it's become more than that. Like, it's... Mm. Plus, I like her. I like. I like. I think she's very uh, beautiful. I think she's cute, and uh, I have no interest in her music. I couldn't tell you a Taylor Swift song. Right. I respect her. I think that yeah. she, her whatever business she's done is pretty big, and the fact that she's dating the. I also thought it was cool that uh, there was another side story that Travis Kelsey's brother Jason is that his name? Yeah. yeah. He, there's all this great stuff on social media. That came from uh-huh. Jason going around to the tailgating at the Bills game. Uh-huh. And who does Jason play for? Philadelphia. But there he is. He's obviously there to support his brother. But he was tailgating in the parking lot uh, before the game. And Bills fans loved him for it. And by the time the game's played, well, during the game, he's clearly hammered. He's mm-hmm. got his shirt off. And uh, I just thought that was an interesting look. He's got a Bud Light in one, Bud Light in one hand. Taylor Smith, uh, Taylor Smith, Taylor Swift. Actually, it was a blue light. Well, that's, that's the right. official book. Yeah, of the, the stadium, Labatt Blue Light is. That's the right. It was beer. a blue light. Yeah. yeah, but he's got a beer in one hand, his shirts off, and he's hugging Taylor Swift when his brother scores. I, I don't know. I mean. There are. I'll tell you what. There's an, another thing on that game that I saw that I, I I wondered if you knew about that bothered me more. Mm. This bugged me. That double murderer, double murderer O.J. Simpson's name is still up on the Wall of Fame at that stadium. Mm-hmm. How is that still a thing? Oh, they've labored over that for years. He's acknowledged for what he did as a bill, not as a private citizen. I get it. It shouldn't be there, but... That's a decision that was made. You know, in Buffalo, I mean, there's so few things to hold on to. <laughs> and he was amazing as a Buffalo Bill. Okay. But, um, yeah, they have so few things to hold on to. So let's hold on to a double, a, a guy that killed his wife and another dude. Let's hold yeah. on to that. Yeah, but, uh, no, that's, uh, yeah. I'm just a little tired of the Taylor Swift thing. And, All right. Uh, and if you're not, um, you know, and again, I got some other people that I correspond with uh, during the games and a couple uh, were tired of it. And uh, and again, like, would I be as, t- I, I, yeah, I'm just, it's something I can live without. By the way, did you see those Michael Cera commercials? Where he's cooking the uh, hamburger. Oh, man. There's about three or four of them. They're yeah, hilarious. they're pretty good, yeah. Like, it's amazing to hardly open your mouth and hardly move as an actor, but be fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he's just good. funny. <laughs> There's the... Funny, funny. <laughs> yeah, the one I like is where the uh, guy comes over, you see the Michael Cera yeah. is cooking, and the guy says, Cera uh, says something like, yeah, it's going to be ready in like uh, three or four minutes, and then he, he sticks his finger in the raw patty. And then yeah. the guy says, you might want to turn it on. He goes, okay, five minutes. Five, five minutes. There's another one where every every picks up a piece of food, something happens, somebody throws something at him, and it goes, anyway. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty funny. They're well done, those commercials. Uh, we don't normally do uh, emails until Thursday, but I thought this one was 
of interest, if I may. Uh, now let me see. Hi, guys. Hi uh, this guys. comes to us Hi from uh, Brian uh, Martin. Brian. Hello, Brian. Brian says, <clears throat> he says, Hi, guys. It's Sunday night. I'm in L.A. Watch the game in Hermosa Beach. Uh, first half at Waterman's, which I was told was a Bills backer bar. Nope. Watch the second half at the actual backer bar. Anyway, he talks about an amateur winning the uh, the okay. tournament. He says, I've played there. And Howard, I think you mentioned you playing there as well. Yeah, we talked about that. But the part I wanted to mention, because we'd already gone over the Bills and the amateur golfer. He said, uh, what I wanted to say is I think it's great how you both talk about family. We as listeners can tell how important family is, how important you are to each other, and how important the Golden Hammer, <laughs> DIY, Dan Duran is to both of you, which I thought was, uh, was funny. Mm-hmm. The three mm-hmm. of you are family, and your listeners are your extended family. Not sure why I'm reaching out to you guys right now, but I, I know I look forward to hearing you as much as you all enjoy going to your little podcast, uh, Brian Martin. So uh, yeah, that's thanks, nice. Brian. Very, Very nice. sweet. <clears throat> but you just think uh, you know, and not to beat up too much on Buffalo, but just part of. And I'm not a Saber fan, by the way. But just that that city doesn't have a lot going for it. It just doesn't. You go, you go, drive through it. You just what that would can you imagine what that would mean if that if they won the Super Bowl what it would do for that that town just the spirit of the town not um, to mention the economics the economics and it it's it's just to me it's sad like why them well yeah and and that's sort of, I agree by the way and and think yeah. about it that when I was doing the KC uh, comparison. Yeah. You know, not much different market size. Speaking of economic impact, though, and I don't have the I don't have the numbers for Buffalo, but I do have the numbers for what that game did for Detroit. They say it brought in fifty million dollars for just that one game. The impact it had on the city, and there's a city that's got you know not a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, they if they if Detroit gets to the Super Bowl, I'll be cheering for Detroit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in recent history, past 25 years, you know, I think they've won a couple of World Series. They've won some NBA championships. I mean, the Lions have been horrible. And I think, you know, it's over for them next week in San Francisco. I just don't think they're up to that. But, again, they're an up-and-coming team. It's fun to watch that team. Um, you know, they haven't had the boots put to them the way Buffalo has, like sports-wise. But Yeah, and I think uh, Detroit has also won in our time together, a Stanley Cup, too. Oh, yeah. That one, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, several. Um, but you, you look at the Sabres, you know, they've been around since 1970, no Stanley Cup, and you can go through, forget the Leafs, that waste of time, but all the other expansion, like Vegas, year six wins a Stanley Cup, you know, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, you know, all teams that came around the same era, Islanders, Pittsburgh, LA, they've all won Stanley Cup, St. Louis now, not the Buffalo Sabres. No. We, um, is sports related. This whole show is about sports today. The great sports legend, Robert McCowan, hosted us. We were uh, over at Bob's house. On uh, Thursday, after the show, Freddie and I made it, uh, made our way to 
some fancy neighborhood in Mississauga, hung out at the Bobcat's place. I don't think he'd mind us telling people it's 6,600 square feet. It's, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty and, big. And he downsized. That's right. He downsized from the bridal path to right. 6,600 square feet. He's got an, his basement, if you can call it a basement, it, it looks like an entire other house. Yes. It was very impressive. And he was such a gracious uh, host. Huh? We just hung out with him for a couple hours and talked, shot the shit. Yeah, we, and let's, you know, be honest, he suffered a couple of, you know, big strokes. And uh, we went with the intention of uh, picking him up and taking him out for lunch and got the feeling when we arrived that he may not just be up to it because, you know, he hasn't fully recovered. Far from it. He's a lot better than he was. As he told us when he first suffered the strokes, he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, he couldn't swallow. And now he can walk, talk, and swallow, but he, you know, he's struggling a bit. And uh, we read him pretty well off the top, so we just ended up staying at his place and sitting around and shooting the shit. And uh, I found it sad. I mean, bittersweet. He's on, he's on the mend, yet at the same time, you know, the Bob McCow and I know, you know, it's... You know, it's not him right now. Well, it's him, but what, whatever's happened to his brain has taken a toll. And, yes. and and he had the stroke just last August, so it's mm-hmm. not quite six months or barely six months. And um, but I, I really think he was happy to have us, you know, there. And 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 we mm-hmm. both 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 of us kind of caught the vibe that you know, getting into a car and driving to a restaurant, you know, he, again, he's he's having to retrain. Not only his speech, but his ability to, you know, swallow. Even at one point, he had a, a Coke and uh, was having trouble swallowing that. So I think we made the right call. And I, but I also think it was important for us to go there and hang out with him. And you know, we just told stories, and he told us great, you know, mm-hmm. his stuff. And plus, he's fallen a couple of times. Once he was going for a walk at the end of his driveway, fell down, couldn't get up. A woman had to start her, stop her car and help him up, and. So I can see why he would be a bit intimidated going out on a frigid day with a layer of ice pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, and you know, and he loves to golf, and that's sort of his thing now. He hopes he can one day golf again. That's got to be tough. Oh, absolutely. It's got to be tough. Um, but I'll tell you, folks, like I can say, folks, hey, folks. Yeah. I never say that. I can tell you the... Uh, that house is impressive. Mm-hmm. He's got seven bathrooms, one of which has a $5,000 toilet in it. And we're just looking at the... And, and, and by the way, this whole thing is... The whole house is just beautifully done. He had, oh, yeah. he, he's re... He did a bunch of renovations when he bought it. And it's all just yeah. really... Everything is really nice. And all oh, the, yeah. everything was nice. The lighting, the, the, yes. the wall coverings, all those things that people appreciate. And then we see this, because he, he took us for a tour. Yes. Very proud of his place, and that was, it was great. We took a little walk around the house, a little walk. It took like an hour. And then we get to the $5,000 bathroom, a toilet, I should say, and you and I are both mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> this is, honestly, I sold a car recently for $5,000. Yeah. So what? No, it had LED readouts and everything. Heated seats. 
I, part of me was thinking, I wanted to spend more time with it, just saying, what exactly, you know, is the function of a $5,000 toilet? And he said, you know, among other things, the it has a seat warmer, which is okay. I've never had a toilet with a seat warmer. But, like, five, like, what? Why? It shoots 5, water. 000? It shoots warm water up your hoop. When I did this place, I bought a couple of toilets for like 600 bucks each and really regretted it. Thought, why would I do that? Like, that's way over the top. A $600 toilet. And they stink, by the way. And not literally, but they're not very good, these toilets. Yeah. But $5,000. <laughs> yeah, what, what, you and I, was it, when, when, when did we have the uh, discussion about why, how ridiculous you thought a warm toilet seat would be? And I was like, why? why? What's wrong with that? And you thought it would be bad? Well, I didn't think it was be bad. It's just not something. It, it's not an option I'd go for. Yeah, I'll take the one with the seat warmer. You know, I, I don't know. Um, no, I think I what you said to me. Depending on what it costs, unless it was on sale or somebody, or, yeah, or somebody what, threw what, that feature in. What you said to me was, I don't know. I, I never sat on the toilet and thought, you know, wish it was warmer. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, but I, I remember. There's the f- another thing, eh? When you're looking for ways to spend money, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take the $5,000 toilet. And uh, I remember the first time I went to somebody's house where they had a toilet seat, like a padded toilet seat. Mm-hmm. I thought that was weird. You know, I thought that's pretty fancy. Like once you start getting like cushiony toilet seats. Right. Although, according to my wife, they're a bit unsanitary. Yeah, I would think so. Final, but um, <laughs> but oh, you know what? A other feature it had. That's right. You know, there are toilet seats that not electric or whatever. The seat will automatically go down slowly, just on a little hinge. He told me, yeah, this toilet seat will raise with a button, and I guess it's so you don't have to touch it. Hmm. So you hit, you go up to the toilet, and you hit a little button, and the, and the toilet seat goes up on its own. How, how's that for a feature? That way you don't have to, you know, your fingers don't have to touch where all the overspray and the splattering has been. You know, when I'm so. out and about in the fancy city like I, I am, I'm, I never touch the toilet seat. I just use my foot. Oh, yeah, same Like, here. if it's down, I will hoof mm-hmm. it up. Oh, same here. Yeah, even I will do that. Yeah, I'm not touching it. And I swear, when you go to public bathrooms, some guys piss on the seat. On I purpose. know. I just have that feeling. Well, Fuck you. Here's another thing I do. What? If there's a little bit of piss or something around the rim, it's already mm-hmm. it's already there. And then I go. I'll mm-hmm. take a paper towel and I will clean that because I don't want somebody coming in after me thinking that I couldn't handle, you know, the the target. So how do you clean it, though? Like take you paper, put the paper nice. towel on the seat and then rub it with your foot around the... No, I'll take it. Because I've my, done that before. I'll take it with my hand, a couple paper oh. towels, and I'll wipe it off. Oh, what if that seeps through? What's, I don't know. It's not like it. I, I've taken the paper towels, put them on the seat, and then I put my foot up. And then and you then, rub it, yeah. Yeah, r- rub it. Rub it. But anyway, uh, visiting Bob McCown was great. We're going to go back in the spring. We're going to take him out for lunch, maybe a nice... Uh, you know, on a patio or something, and um, yeah, you know, a significant, uh, you know, a significant celebrity broadcaster, whatever in the country he is, he accomplished quite a bit, and an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. That's what I said. Like, you know, he's got mm-hmm. this amazing home, and he did re- listen. He did really well in radio, but that ain't radio money. That's entrepreneur money. 
<laughs> it, it is. You know, like, like oh. yeah. Lots of people in this, in this market made some pretty heavy bucks, but nothing like that, man. He has this beautiful Jaguar sitting in the driveway covered in snow, and then he showed us the garage. And it had no cars in it. It was, you know, full of uh, stuff from moving or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, and I said, oh, you don't use the garage either. And he said, oh, I have a new car coming. It's on its way. And I thought, what, 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 you, why? You got a Jaguar in the driveway. Why you got a new car coming? What's that all about? That's money. Well, yeah. When you, he's got, uh, <laughs> when you've got a $5,000 toilet, you clearly have a need. I'd put wheels on that fucker and drive it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Clearly, you're looking for ways to spend your money. Um, but anyway, get well, Bob. And, yes. Uh, we're going to ask him to be on the show, and we'll just give him a little more time. And He's back on his podcast, by the way, the Bob McCowan podcast. Uh, it's only an hour a day, and he goes on for a segment, so he's he's working his way back. In the meantime, this program is brought to you by Lenders Choice Mortgages. And we've been talking about our newest client, Mike Kazarian, one of the uh, owners of Lenders Choice Mortgages, an independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance, license number 13582. One of the advantages of a mortgage broker, well, I think it should be pretty obvious by now. If you go to your bank to renew your mortgage, and a lot of mortgages coming due this year, yeah, they're going to give you the best price they can give you. But at Lenders Choice Mortgages, they have access to over 75 lenders. So what they do is they shop around for you. They don't have any preferences to one leader, to one lender, or one leader. Uh, they work uh, with the lender that makes the most sense for you to achieve whatever goals you have. They work with banks, credit unions, alternative lenders, and private lenders. They can find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. They've spent a lot of time in the uh, banking world, and they know the ins and outs and that's why they've developed their strategy at Lenders Choice Mortgages. Give Mike a shout. Go check out, at least get a second opinion. You know, maybe you don't even have to do your mortgage right away. But if you want to know what your options are when it comes due, then this is the way to do it. Go to LendersChoiceMortgages.ca. Okay, the lines are in. The early lines in for uh, this weekend's uh, NFC and AFC Championship Games, not featuring the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Ravens at home. It's pretty much a toss-up. Minus uh, three and a half uh, on the Ravens, I guess, because of home field advantage. Uh, minus 175 on the Ravens. Plus 150 on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Lions, uh, sort of a heavy underdog. Uh, six and a half in San Francisco. Uh, minus 310 on the 49ers. I mean, that would be a great story if the Lions could pull that out, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're probably looking at a uh, San Francisco-Kansas City uh, World Series, including Taylor Swift. <laughs> World Series or Super Bowl? Oh, Super Bowl. Did I say World Series? Yes, you did. Super Bowl. Uh, whether you're a sports better, horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, bow dog, 
your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yeah, I wasn't aware of the controversy surrounding the O.J. Simpson banner at Highmark Stadium. I was a little bit surprised. I'm like, wow, that's still there. And uh, your point about, well, you know, Buffalo, they don't have much to hang on to, so they're hanging on to this. You know, it's a bit of a weak argument, but fine. No, I know, Howard, but again, in that situation, the man was acquitted. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, you know, as far as the system goes... He was not guilty of those murders. And that played a part. It's all my, are we judge and juror now? He yes. was found yes, we not are. guilty, yeah. but we decide he was guilty, so the name comes down. That's the predicament no, they found I know. themselves in. I know. Right? Just listen, I'm just, mm-hmm. just being ridiculous because it's fun. <laughs> oh, very much fun. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. Fun, fun, fun. Dan Duran uh, was here. I had Dan Duran in the house, as they say. Dan, and Dur- Dan Duran in the house. Um, we had fun. We yeah, had we fun. did. Yeah. We uh, went to a moving picture show. Oh, which one? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> because I said to Dan when he arrived, you know, after we did all our stuff here with this uh, new board, I said, we can go to a uh, really good movie called uh, American Fiction. I played him the trailer. It's really clever, smart, funny, witty, whatever. And I said, or we could go to this thing because <laughs> we can go to this Jason Statham movie where I played the trailer and it's none of those things but a bunch of people get killed mm. and uh, lots of uh, it's like Jason Bourne type of movie you know he's like a guy on the outside he's highly skilled super agent who's gone rogue in some way and uh, so that's the one we chose uh, Dan's uh, point was a good one which was you know we can see a a film or a movie on any medium, but here we can go to the the movies to see something on the big screen, and it did not disappoint. Jason Statham. It's called The Beekeeper. It yeah, was good. It was good. You liked it. Well, we liked it. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily good. It was, um, you know. Dan? Explain. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not following. Well, it's an action adventure. I looked mm-hmm. it up. The body count in this movie is uh, 29, like 29 bodies that, that there were, you know, confirmed kills in the movie. But there was so many other people getting hurt with, his, you know, he's a one man army, yeah. apparently, you know, like a John Wick or something like that. But as one reviewer pointed out, even John Wick, Wick would go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was just so much. Like, there were so many holes in, you know, that guy didn't die? I mean, how did he, you know, they were shooting machine guns at him, and how did he not, you know, die? Because he was, like, behind a desk or something? Yeah. It, it, the, it by the way, sense. Dan, I'm surprised that the body count was only 29, because it seemed like a lot more. It sure did, yeah. I was surprised it was only 29. It seemed like 60, at least. But, well, you know, maybe we just couldn't confirm it whether the body counters were going, well, I don't know if that one, you know, he yeah. fell down a, a flight of 10 stairs. But is he dead? I don't know. It didn't show it. So, well, anyway, if you like that kind of thing, it's a movie for you. And it was well filmed. And, you know, all yeah, the they, effects we, were you, fantastic. Yeah, you could hear everything everybody was saying. <laughs> well, ironically, not that it's a contest or anything, but I think I can beat that. 
what I watched this weekend on the recommendation of Michael Landsberg. I started watching Band of Brothers. And I'll tell you, the death count was way beyond 29. Oh, yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's well done. I can see why he <clears throat> highly... Have you seen it, Howard? Well, I want to tell you something, sir. Well, because we were talking about it with Michael Landsberg. What did I say yes. to you, Dan? What did I tell you on the weekend? We should watch this movie called, or this series called Banner Brothers. Because I started watching it again. <clears throat> and I'm up to episode four or five. Yeah. Because I did watch it, but it was it came out 20 years ago. And yeah, I see, I never have. I barely remember it. And, right. And isn't it something else? It's really, really well done. The yeah. way each episode starts off with veterans talking about what they went through and then... It really is. The only problem is my sound system here. It's just up. It rattles the freaking house with all the explosions and the gunfire and stuff. I <laughs> have it low. Yeah. So I mean that takes some getting used to. Um, but it is. It's just. It's really good. It's like I'm. I think I'm episode six. I'm on. I, I'm going to watch maybe episode six today, and I've really enjoyed. And, you know, when it comes to American War movies, sometimes I'm a little, eh, you know, it's over the top. I mean, they make themselves out to be, in a lot of cases, something they weren't. But this is good. This is, this is, this is good. Yeah, and I, uh, I mentioned this to Dan because I, I, I guess, I, funny how we do the, did the same thing. I just started watching it and, and didn't remember much of it. But the, the nice thing is, Dan, at the beginning of every episode... And they at, at first you're like, oh, they're just talking to some random veterans. But what you realize yeah. after is those are the veterans of Easy Company, including yeah. that guy who was the sort of main Dick Winters mm-hmm. is his name. Mm-hmm. And so those were the guys that were actually there. And mm-hmm. the way they talk. And again, I'm the same with you about the American sort of jingoistic dogma bullshit. But what yes. it is, it's, it's just about what life was like. Yes. For these paratroopers going to World War Two and. And how many people just just randomly just how about that? Every day you're going to go out on patrol and some number of you are going to get shot in the face. You know, the post uh, what is it? P post uh, traumatic traumatic stress syndrome. Stress. How you know how many of our fathers and grandfathers walked around with that? We didn't even know it. You know, probably afraid to talk about it. How do you take a night, uh, what, a 20 year old kid and put him in that situation and not expect that to be, you know, for the rest of your life affect you adversely? Like, it's just, can you imagine? Think of what we were like at 20 years old, like in a trench with a gun, people shooting at you, people dying next to you, flying all yeah. over the place. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you survive that mentally? Like, I, I agree. And, and that's, you know, we we're talking about mental health with Michael Landsberg last week. Yeah. You, you think about the mental health of our of that generation, mm-hmm. even the ones that didn't see combat. Like my dad was in in France in World War Two. I don't he didn't see any combat firsthand, but I'm sure he's around a lot of people that did. Mm-hmm. And those those guys, there were several scenes there. There's one episode. Uh, Blythe is the kid's name who mm-hmm. freaks out. He's the one shaking in the trench there. Mm-hmm. And he eventually gets gets wounded. Yeah. Uh, gets shot in the neck. But but I'm surprised there wasn't more of those guys. And the other thing is, imagine us, Dan, at age 20, 21, and, and imagine 20, 21-year-olds 20, now. You can't get them to 
fucking clean their room, mm-hmm. let alone go to war. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, what it whenever I see that stuff, I just realize how stupid war is. Just think just how fucking stupid is this? Yeah. You got a conflict and this is the solution. You know, the powers that be, the guys at the top, they don't go to war. Their family doesn't go to war. They protect all the people they love and then take other kids, other people's kids, and throw them on the front lines. And I know it was a world war over, you know, know, world wars are unique because it's, you know, fighting for freedom. I get it all, all that. But there's got to be some other solution than just sacrificing people's kids. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what they were doing. They were like, okay, yeah. and all those guys at the planning, you know, the guys at the mm-hmm. top, as you say, uh, we're no, we're nowhere near those trenches. And and no. and like there was that one battle where they was just trying to take some farmhouse or something, and there, mm-hmm. and and even even on the other side, there was all these Germans, these young kids, you know, mm-hmm. going following orders. They're the ones that yeah. get mutilated and shot. Yeah, and for what? Yeah. And I even think about that with Putin now, like all the death and destruction he's caused just because he wants to. Yeah. So and and forget the Ukrainians who are the supposed enemy in those people he's killing. He's taking his own Russian citizens, you know, the sons and daughters of Russian people and sacrificing them because he wants a chunk of property. Fuck you. Yeah. You because know I mean? one, Seriously. It's, it's one guy's whim. Yeah. And all these people have died and lives have been disrupted and so on and so forth. Uh, anyway, interesting, interesting that you interesting, interesting that you're watching uh, Band of Brothers, too, because. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. I think that's yeah, enough of that. That's just not doing it. Yeah, we got to. <laughs> What's not doing it? Why is well, that? Then, not? You know, you're interesting. Like the new the new boards, uh, you know. Why? What did, what, just, you're so, st- you're so stuck in the past, not, Dan. Why is that not enough for you? It's just not enough. It's not, it doesn't have the... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know why you're so doesn't, negative. It doesn't have the impact, you know. It doesn't that hit right away, you know. Interesting, and <clears throat> there it is, all that, you know, cacophony. That's not so much cacophony. That's uh, people applauding with crickets behind it, kind of. Would you, That's uh, my opinion. You know, it's um, you know, you do what you want. Is this there. not, is this not working? <laughs> yeah. What about this? What if I talk like this? <laughs> Would you be saying that if this was terrestrial radio? <laughs> Here we go. That's right. If we were on terrestrial radio, would this be cool? <laughs> oh, that's you. Oh, oh yeah. right. Yes, hello, Fred. I can also be a large robot. Hello, I'm Robot Howard. Oh, yeah. I can do that shit now. That's wild. Isn't it? Dan, is this cool if we were on terrestrial radio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your program director would tell, tell you not to overuse that feature, of course. But And then, of course, I can talk. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, we're back in the 1940s. In fact, I'm going to oh, do that, the introduction. What's that? That sounds like when you were the, the Kmart guy. Attention. (laughs) All right, everybody, time for. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know. Collision. a fucking mouse. None of this would happen. Yeah, it sounds like you're going to tell us about a special in aisle five. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran. (laughs) Attention, Kmart shoppers. 
In our uh, homeware department, the giant hammer, Dan Duran, is about to do the news. Now, here's to a <laughs> fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy like with a hell of a big wine, the, the quintessential you know, anchor man, his voice is nice and low. <laughs> Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials, he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the matrimonial home of Lisa and Dan Dan and Lisa Here are Here is the Lisa's Better Half Movie anchorman, Dan Duran Daniel Is there a doctor in the country? Canada is growing, and by a lot, and Canadian medical schools are admitting, get this, only 167 more doctors for mandatory postgraduate training than they did 10 years ago. Mm. So we've got, I think our population is now around 40.5 million. And uh, we've been growing at an unprecedented rate, over a million people last year. I think the year before we had a similar kind of, uh, a lot of it has to do with immigration. Some economists have argued the record-setting surge is a boon to the economy. Um, But at this pace of population growth, we are not, the health sector is not keeping up. Uh, And this is uh, according to the president of the Canadian Medical Association saying the country isn't producing nearly enough homegrown primary care doctors to keep up with our health needs. The, the, the system is really on its knees. It's really stressed out. And with 40.5 million people in the country, we should have a few more doctors. And I don't know if you guys um, uh, have any issues, but like in Peterborough here, me getting a, uh, a doctor in this area is really, really difficult. The wait lists are crazy. And I know that my son Colton in Quebec, same thing. He can't, he'd have to wait. He was waiting for a year and a half or something to get a, a doctor, a family doctor. Well, you know, Dan, when I went to medical school, Things yes, were I know. You spent um, uh, all, all kinds of minutes there. Yeah, well, <laughs> when, when I went to medical school, the, uh, there was a lot. We didn't, we didn't, the regulations were different, you know. You could just, uh, they, here's the real problem. We've got a lot of doctors in the country that are driving Ubers. And I'm being serious. There's a lot of people in the country that if, if our medical re- regulations were different, they were doctors in other countries, and the uh, the mechanism to get them to be doctors in this country is so impossible that they end up driving cabs. I'm serious. They we could have some more doctors right now. It's always been uh, astonishing to me that there hasn't been a more of an aggressive move to take these uh, lots of not not only doctors, but especially that that these professions of professionals. And one of the reasons they got into the country was for their profession. Yes, was was. And, and then there then it, it's all of a sudden, oh, wait, wait, you have to redo your entire medical uh, training in order to get to be a doctor again. And you're going, well, what the you know, like we don't trust anybody else in the world with yeah. their medical systems. You can't just do a test or so and say, okay, here, check this out, and then give them residencies or whatever it is that you need to get them up to Canadian standards. It, it seems astonishing to me that we can't do that anymore. And, and by the way, it's more common than I'm, I'm not being facetious about driving Ubers, but I had an ultrasound last spring, and the guy, the gentleman was in his 50s, late 50s, who did the ultrasound, was telling me that he was a full on doctor in the country he came from, but. That process of becoming certified here was just so onerous that he couldn't do it. And so he ended up working in a clinic. 
Let me play the devil's advocate here. Okay. Believe me, I, I agree, but traditionally, for decades now, all levels of government, all forms of government, be it NDP, liberal, or conservative, have not changed this. There's got to be a reason. Like There, well, there has to be a reason and it hasn't changed as far as standards go or something. Maybe not. All I'm saying is it's not like... You know, before when the conservatives were in, Justin Trudeau said, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm just going to just certify these doctors. It's never been done. Why? Well, in would part, be my be, question. In part because the, uh, the, the certification process isn't under the government's purview. It's under the medical associations. Yeah, that's it. And, and they have their way of doing things. And the government, I don't know, would have to enact a law of some sort to tell them to do that. So why, if we're in a crisis, why haven't they? Well, they should. My question. I, um, yeah. But I'll, that's what it is, Dan. Mm-hmm. The answer I was going to give, Fred, is yours, that, which is it's, it's a medical association uh, uh, protecting their members by not allowing... It must be that because it's not a... It's okay, not a gov- well, and so if, if there is, as Dan says, and it's a news story... If there is a crisis, then maybe we open it up to people like this guy that did my ultrasound, because clearly, you know, at his age, he's been practicing medicine in whatever country he came from for years. Yeah. Listen, I don't argue that. I Again, I just wonder what is, and if it takes legislation, then why not? Like, who's being greased or what's the... You know, the inside uh, goings on, the lobbying, whatever is taking place, um, it just makes you wonder. I mean, we need a revolution in this country when it comes to even the private clinic thing. Like there was a story last week I saw a guy ends up going to he couldn't get shoulder surgery in Ontario. Excruciating pain, bone on bone. Goes to Alberta and has a screw up with OHIP and they ended up not paying as much as they should. But in a situation like that, for parts and, and like new knees, new shoulders and stuff like that, they should allow private clinics. You can pay with your OHIP card. But there's such pushback to that. I mean, that's a start there. Listen, ideally, maybe years ago, I might be against the private clinic. But what else? What else can we do at this point if you can use your OHIP card? Well, and uh, even if you couldn't, if somebody wanted to get a replacement part and they can afford it, then there should be an option for them so that they take some of the pressure off the system that's in place. You know, people are waiting 18 months for a new hip. You know, and then people have the attitude, well, if I have money, why should I get to the head of the line? Listen, ideally, I understand that. But this isn't working. Yeah. We need we need some new ideas. We literally need a revolution. So you better come up with some ideas. And by the way, in the future, if anyone plays, if anyone's going to be playing the devil's advocate, it'll be me talking like this. <laughs> I'm now the devil. Okay. But why, should, why should somebody... You know, like suffer with a knee. A knee. Again, we're not talking about heart. We're not talking about brain. Like an, a, a knee. You're excruciating pain. 
Well, and I there's guess, people out there that could fix it like next week. <laughs> what we're talking about though is the thin edge of the wedge, and then if every if um, private clinics are allowed to expand, then that takes the most promising doctors, in theory, out of the uh, of the public system and creates an entirely private environment. And there, and, and then now we don't have doctors in the public system. Yeah, but I, I, I disagree with that. You, you use your OHIP card. Why don't people latch onto that? They were talking about that last week. What do you mean, use your OHIP card? Well, the people are afraid of private clinics. It will be pay-as-you-go. Or you won't be able to access them because you don't have the money. But the government is willing to look at these private clinics and make it so that you can use your OHIP card. So why would everyone use It's not going to cost that? you money. It's just another facility available to you now. So, but I don't, I don't understand how that is. How, the, how is that private medical care if you're using a public card to access it? Oh, because, it. you know, it's, it's just you open this clinic and it's your, you own all the stuff. And, you know, you're, I guess, sanctioned by the government. It's just a different, it's like shoulders. No, I know. You know, that type, that concept. Um, Shoulders, for people who don't know, is a uh, yeah. hernia clinic that uh, world renowned, actually. And Fred and I both and access private. it, private. Yeah, but yeah. it's private. But also, but it's private uh, but with it, public funds. Yes, right. I guess the the question there is: is there a um, an added surcharge beyond the the OHIP, and then that probably should be regulated. So, like, do you walk in there and, and now you're paying? Well, OHIP covers this much, and now you have to pay it, a premium because it's you know. But it's, it's, but what you said about doctors, X. like, but as far as losing the best and brightest to a private system, I don't. Mm-hmm. We're, we're already shorted. We're already short of doctors. Yeah. What we're not yeah. short of are people in the sort of baby boom and beyond age group that have yes. money to pay for a fucking hip replacement. I know. I mean, that's where, you know, that, and, uh, you know, to what Dan said, if it became exclusively pay as you go to some of these clinics, a lot of doctors would gravitate to that. I understand that. But anywhere where I would have a shoulder, uh, where I would have shoulder surgery today, the facility would be owned by the government, Right. And I got to wait a year and a half, two years to get into that. Now, if I have a private facility where I hire the doctors to work on, and we specialize in shoulders, and we can surgically do them, I take that on, but I still accept an OHIP card. It's kind of weird it's, that. Uh... It's an association between private and public. I mean, it just seems where we got to go. Yeah, it's sure, weird. there's some dangers and stuff, but... Isn't it weird, though, that shoulder ice... Wouldn't be a shoulder surgery facility. You'd think that it would be instead of a hernia facility. Yes, yes. It, it, it probably should have been called something more like groin, di- groin dice or groin, <laughs> groin. So you're saying shoulder should be done at the shoulder. Yes, dice. this is yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Yes, I have a separated shoulder dice. That's <laughs> what you're saying. This yeah. is what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know what the solution is. It's like public transit. In this country, we talk and we talk and we talk. Nothing gets done. Um, But we do have a little bit more uh, work for you to do. I think you have one more to go, don't you? Yes, is our buddy Jay Bondy back again this uh, week? I believe he is. I believe. The return of uh, the Sherpa. Yes, I believe Bondy will be back. In the matter.
Paul Wells. Paul Bondi will be here on behalf of Tim Nimblett, a portfolio manager. Right? Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. I'm sure Jay will be by with another nugget or two of information, like last week when he talked about TFSAs. Great information for those who have an eye towards retirement and building wealth and the proper, most astute things to do with their money. The Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca, this week featuring Jay Bondi. Who put your dad in the half house? You did, baby. All right, uh, tomorrow on the show, hopefully we'll uh, be able to figure out some more of this uh, new board. Although, I'm, you know, for the most part, other than that beginning when it kind of screwed up with uh, the Zoom interface, Daniel, it's been pretty good. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Jay Conahan from the Loud Cup. It's a uh, we did a lot of sports stuff today. It's a cup that uh, you can take to a sporting event, and it makes a lot of noise. It's perfect for us. Uh, as well, we had talked about a client that would be so good for our show because we, you know, we have a retirement sherpa. Now we have a mortgage broker. And uh, we, I, we had this conversation about why don't we have a funeral home? <laughs> well, tomorrow we will be speaking to somebody from Ridley Funeral Home about the world of death. So is this like an audition? Uh, a sponsorship of a, audition kind uh, of thing? Or? Maybe. I mean, it's more of oh. a conversation, Dan. And, and, you know, if it turns into a, a sponsorship, wouldn't that be wonderful? I don't know if I'd be at a line asking this question, but is that a sunset industry because more and more you know it's there will be no funeral you know it has been cremated and you know um <laughs> yeah i, just I thought you were gonna say like or because you know people aren't dying the way they used to but <laughs> they're dying but they're just not they're just not making the big deal of it after they're dead that's all as they used to well that, seems. maybe that's where we'll uh that's yeah. one of the conversations we'll have tomorrow what has has the industry been waning because death ain't what she used to be where are the profit centers in death right now? I don't know. The whole thing is fascinating. I mean, mm. it really is. I mean, think what, about death that. or well, yeah, homes. yeah. Well, that that you're basically every day you go to work, yes, and you just hang with corpses. Like you know, we were talking about a PTSD from you know being in high stressful situations. I, I'm legitimately, is there a PTSD for some people? Being around corpses all the time, dead people. Are there some people that, you know, the industry just spits out? They can't handle it. I don't know if I could every day going there and dressing up dead people. Mm -hmm. There must be an interesting sense of humor for uh, people that work in the funeral industry. Oh, absolutely. What's it like to be an embalmer? That's what you do. Well, I got seven today and he's going to drain the blood out of these buggers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jesus, where does the blood go? Well, let's you know. Here's the thing, though. Let's have a little. Let's, they put it in dog food. Huh? Okay, what? listen. Let's what? let's let's try and ask questions that won't wreck the idea, wreck the chance <laughs> <laughs> that you know they want to be part of the show. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. so let's temper your radical humor. I wonder what funeral con- funeral conventions are like. Mm. You know, funeral director convention. I bet you they party. I bet you well, they people do, are yeah. just dying yeah. to get there. Uh, <laughs> um, hey. <laughs> And I would say if McCowan has a $5,000 toilet, what will he spend, his family spend, on a casket? He's going to get buried in that jag. 
<laughs> yes. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks for uh, participating on the program today. We certainly appreciate it. We'll see you all tomorrow. Dan? This episode of Humble Friend was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think and tell us, uh, tell your friends about us. Ask them to subscribe to this podcast. We'd love that. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, watch football like it's terrestrial radio and enjoy every goddamn day up the road from the habitations of the towns we know a place we saw the lights turn low the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts to turn tables on a microphone bottles and cans and just clap your hands or just clap your hands Where